Inshallah, remove. Uh, let's move up. Make sure that there's no gaps. Zakumullah khairah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad. Ubarik wa sallim. Rabbi shahli sadri wa sirli amri. Wahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Subhanak la ilmanuna illa ma'allamtana. Subhanak. لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا ما علمتنا وزدنا علما وعملا اللهم نور قلوبنا بعلمك واستعمل أبداننا لطاعتك ووفقنا لما تحب وترضى من القول والعمل والنية والهدى إنك على كل شيء قدير أمين يا رب العالمين We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to make our coming here tonight and our listening online a means of immense barakah and khair and afiyah from all directions for all of us in our deen, in our dunya, in our akhirah May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make our coming here a means of us getting attached to the Qur'an. I ask Allah azza wa jal that He grant all of us a true muhabba and love for the Qur'an and allow us to, every day, through the barakah of reciting the Qur'an, contemplating the Qur'an, allow us to keep getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as always, we should make niyyah that whatever we hear, we will inshallah practice on it in immediately and we will share it with others as well. If we have intention of practicing, then inshallah we'll get the tawfiq to practice. If we don't have the intention from the get-go, we simply listen for the sake of listening, then we won't get the tawfiq for it. If we want the tawfiq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be able to practice on it, then that should be our key thing, that Ya Allah, I'm listening with the niyyah of practice. Uh, and then ask Allah for the help for it. That Ya Allah, you brought me all the way here, and don't let me go empty-handed. If you brought me here, then I want you to, to, to let me leave with this situation of my heart, that I am absolutely making a firm resolve to be able to do that. Now when a person makes intention, what happens next is, you know, sometimes not in our hands. But as long as the person seriously is, is, is sincere in his intention, even if they are not able to do what they are intending to do, Allah will give them the reward for it. That's why making strong niya is always the smartest and the best way to go. Because even if you don't end up doing it, you still will get the firm, inshallah, you get the reward, a reward for it, if you're sincere in your intention. And also, second thing is we should always make this dua that Ya Allah, whatever situation I'm going through in my life, allow the dars to become a means of answering those uh, difficulties of my life and removal of, of uh, issues. And may it become, inshallah, a, an answer from, uh, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to our specific uh, situations we're dealing with. I mean. So, we, last week we, um, we did uh, cover the story of, of um, Suleiman alayhi salam and after that um, Ayyub alayhi salam and now here you have uh, the story of Yunus alayhi salam and the, uh, we may have read the ayah and translated it but this is an ayah that many of us know this as Dua Yunus or as in the subcontinent they called it Ayat Karima that's what it's called Ayat Karima within the uh, subcontinent uh, people call this ayat karima a noble ayah and they're referring to this verse so it's a really powerful verse because it is um, it is showing us how through the barakah of dua a person can get out of the most difficult type of situation that they may find themselves in Allah Azza wa Jal says بَعْدَعْنَا أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وَذَنُّونِي إِضَّهَبَ مُغَاضِمًا فَظَنَّ أَلَّا النَّقْدِرَ عَلَيْهِ فَنَادَ فِي الظُّلَمَاتِ أَلَّا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنْ سُبْحَانَكِ إِنِّي كُنْتُ مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ وَنَجَيْنَهُ مِنَ الْغَمْ وَكَذَلِكَ نُنْجِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ 
Zakaria alayhi salam story begins after that. Wa Zakaria idnada rabbahu rabbi la tadharni farda wa anta khayrul warithin. Fastajabna lahu wa wahabna lahu yahya wa aslahna lahu zawjah. Innahum kanu yusari'una fil khayrati wa yad'unana raghaban wa rahaba wa kanu lana khashi'in. والتي أحصنت فرجها فنفخنا فيها من روحنا وجعلناها وابنها آية للعالمين إن هذه أمتكم أمة واحدة وأنا ربكم فعبدون وتقطعوا أمرهم بينهم كل إلينا راجعون فمن يعمل من الصالحات وهو مؤمن فلا كفران لسعيه وإنا له كاتبون وحرام على قرية أهلكناها أنهم لا يرجعون الله عز وجل uh, mentions first of all regarding Yunus السلام, and mention also the tiding of Yunus the man of the whale behold he went away from his people out of anger without our leave yani without our permission for he thought that we would never constrain him he thought we would never constrain him فنادى, then he called out in repentance within the veils of darkness what, did he, what, what was the dua La ilaha illa ant. there is no god but you Subhanak, highly exalted are you. Inni kuntu min Indeed, I was of the wrongdoers. That's all he said again and again. Fastajabna lahu. And then in response to that, Allah Azza wa Jal says that indeed we answered him and delivered him. Wanajayna. We delivered him min al gham from great anguish. Wakadalika nunjil mu'mineen. Even so, do we ever deliver the believers? This is like the highlight of this whole section. The, and so do we ever deliver the believers? And that's the exciting part. Because right, this is a message for all of us that this is not a story specific to Yunus alayhi salam, anyone. And mention the tiding of Zakaria as well. Behold, he called upon his Lord, my Lord. Leave not alone yani Don't leave me alone How? Fardan? Childless When you are the best of inheritors So we answered him And we granted him Yahya Thus we said Aslahna Allah Azza wa said We set his wife aright for him So there's multiple meanings One of the meanings mentioned here Was that she was barren And then Allah Azza wa Jal Miraculously Granted her the ability to Bear a child as to all these prophets, they would indeed hasten to exceed one another in doing good works. And they would call upon us with hope in our mercy. Raghba is to have hope in something, hope in Allah's mercy. And at the same time, rahaba, fear and in reverent awe that what if we don't fulfill the rights of Allah, what will happen? Thus they were. Humble before us, all these prophets, and then also mention moreover that the story of Maryam, she who safeguarded her chastity. Then we breathed into her womb of our life-giving spirit. Thus we made her and her son a profound sign for all the people of the world. Indeed, we said to all the prophets. This faith community of yours is one community. Every prophet was told that those who believe in your message, they are one ummah. And Allah is the Lord for all of you. So I am your Lord, so worship me alone. However, what happened? But the succeeding generations who came after the prophet left, they divided their faith amongst themselves. 
and they changed things around and uh, some left the some left the deen or many left the deen Allah says all of you are going to return to us for judgment final judgment who was on the right path who was not will be made by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so whoever does any act of righteousness and is a believer two things a'mal salihah and to have iman فَلَا كُفْرَانَ then Allah says his effort will never be kufran will never be there will, no be, there will never be a misappreciation or underappreciation of anyone's efforts. Kufran is when you're uh, in denial that someone did something, right? It's like uh, your check doesn't get cashed, it gets bounced. Someone's check. So there you go. Allah says, no, that's never going to happen. Anyone does any good deed, there's no, set, there's no concept of, of that reward not being given to them in full. Why, uh, why is that? For indeed... Indeed, we ourselves shall write it down for him. Right, so there's, there's no such thing as I do something and I don't get it. That you can get in this dunya. You're not sure if people will appreciate. It's true, right? People don't appreciate many times what you do. That's just how it works. But with Allah Azza wa Jal, that's not the case. Every single thing that a person does is appreciated. And that's why the best and smartest way to lead our life is a person should never be expecting or hoping for appreciation from any makhluk. And all we should have this set that appreciation, the final day is going to come from Allah Azza wa Jal, going to appreciate me. The, the, the reality is, if, you're do, if your good deed is seriously a good deed, the world cannot appreciate you. Because a good deed, is its reward will remain forever. And the gift, that gift card someone gives you, thank you card, cake, this, that, whatever, what's all that? That's gone in five seconds. Right? It's funny, it comes to an end. True appreciation for your reward, for your good deeds has to be done only by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you did it for Him, He's the only one who can truly pay you. One nice explanation someone mentioned was, one subhanallah, in the reward of one subhanallah is one tree in Jannah. And not any small tree. It's such a, an amazing tree that from one end to the other, a fast-paced horse is going to be running for hundreds of, of, of days to cover the... Uh, hundreds of years to cover the sh- uh, shade of that one tree and that's going to come through one subhanallah so that type of tree cannot even exist on this world which tree is there in this world that you can have a fast paced horse running for hundreds of years hundreds of years to go from one end of the shade to the other one inside of the tree to the other is that possible? That the, there's no place on this earth to do that it might take one month two months three months four months that's it how do you get hundreds of years? That's a reward of one, subhanAllah. So the whole world cannot even accommodate the reward of one, subhanAllah. So how do we expect the world to pay us for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years of sincere effort that you do towards your spouse, towards your children, towards your family, towards your community, towards uh, people in need, or whoever it may be. It cannot, the world cannot. So let's stop expecting rewards from this, from the people of this world, because there is no such thing that they have. They don't have the ability to even do that. Going back to the original ayah here of uh, Yunus Ali Salatu Salam. This is an amazing uh, verse of uh, in the Quran where Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is speaking about the story of, nu, of Yunus Ali Salam. You see, the stories of the Quran don't have too many details. 
unnecessary details. Why? Is that we don't want you to get so focused on the details that you miss the whole point. And when something is so detailed, then a person thinks that it's not possible or not likely that the entire incident with all its details will happen again. You, give a, you share a story and you say, then this happened and that. This guy was wearing this color jacket. He had this color shoes. He had this in his hand. You go to so much detail. Okay, that's maybe unnecessary or necessary. But now, if you, if you want people to take a lesson from that, to say, will this happen again? When they hear all those details, they'll say, oh, man, probably with all those details, it's not going to happen again. To that degree. Exact same. But when you, re- when you remove the details... Then it, you focus on the crux of the story to say, yeah, like that, it probably definitely can happen again. So here, like once again, like all the other stories, not much detail is mentioned. Noon, right? Noon, huge whale. Then Noon, the man of the whale. So, so he's got this nisbah now. He's got this connection because he was uh, he's swallowed by this whale. He's been called Mashliwala, right? Man of the whale. When he left his nation angry. So he told his nation that I've been inviting you for so long. Make Tawbah, repent, repent. And they kept on saying, No, nothing will happen. Eventually he came and told them that on such and such day, the adab of Allah is going to come. I'm telling you. Such day, such time, adab of Allah is going to come. Well, now if the whole if there's going to be a what they call that a staged or uh, autumn or or a uh, planned demolition of a building you're not going to sit there you're going to move so he left he says okay this place is going to get carpet bound by Allah azawajal i better leave so he left and he was a shame on you all you just don't listen i've been telling you for so long to repent listen to me you don't want to listen the king got the news of what Yunus salam said that such and such day, time, the adab is going to come. He gathered his people and said, listen, please, this is not a joke. He's serious. This punishment will come. We have to, we have to repent. Let's all get out of the city. So they all go out of the city and as they go out, they see the dark clouds coming in and they see athar and signs of the impending doom. When they looked at all of that, they repented to Allah quickly and said, Ya Allah, please forgive us. And they made a firm resolve amongst themselves not to disobey Allah again. So Allah Azza wa Jal, He did something which He usually doesn't do. And which is, that's just how it works. Allah Azza wa Jal allowed them to be saved from this punishment even though they had begin, began to see the athar and the signs of the punishment. فَلَوْلَا كَانَتْ قَرِيَةٌ آمَنَتْ فَنَفَعَهَا إِيمَانُهَا إِلَّا قَوْمَ يُونُسْ لَمَّا آمَنُوا كَشَفْنَا عَنْهُمْ عَذَابَ الْخِزِّيَ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَمَتَّعْنَاهُمْ إِلَىٰ عِينَ Ayah 98 of Surah Yunus. Ayah 98. There's all Surah, right? Yunus. There isn't a nation who, who, who believes after having seen a punishment and then that belief will benefit them except for the nation of Yunus. Usually if you, be, if you have faith after seeing the punishment of Allah, that means it's too late. 
except for the nation of Yunus. When they affirmed their belief in Allah, we removed from them the punishment of disgrace in this world. And we gave them some time to live and to reflect and to repent and to lead a life of obedience. Just within the same page, previous page, Allah Azza wa speaks about Fir'aun. And He says, وَجَاوَزْنَا بِبَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ الْبَحْرِ And we took Bani Israel over the sea. فَأَذْبَعَهُمْ فِرْعَوْنَ وَجُنُودُ بَغْيًا وَعَدْوَى Fir'aun and his army followed in suit out of arrogance and out of defiance. They started following Musa alayhi salam in the nation right into the sea, which had become obviously dry for them. حَتَّى إِذَا أَدْرَكَ الْغَرَقُ When the land mass turned back into its original sea form and the massive waves began to overtake Fir'aun and his army قَالَ He said, آمَنْتُ I have become a believer أَنَّهُ And I proclaim لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا الَّذِي آمَنَتْ بِهِ بَنُوا إِسْرَائِيلِ There is none worthy of worship except for that being upon whom Bani Israel has already believed I just want to make sure there is no confusion about which God I am saying I believe in the God of Bani Israel. First of all, he said, I'm a, I'm a believer. Then he says, The God of Bani Israel, not any other God. And then he says, And I am from amongst the Muslims. Three times in one breath. Allah Azza wa says, Al ana, now? Now? You're going to accept Islam now? قبلو, and you were disobedient previously all your whole life. And you were from amongst those who seed and sow corruption on earth. You're, you know, it's not like you were a, bus, a weak Muslim. You were the worst person, and now you're trying to make tawbah. In some narrations, it mentions that Jibril took the dust or mud and shoved it down his throat to just shut him up, right? Uh, and then he says, Allah Azza wa says, "Falyoma today, we're not gonna, not only we're not going to accept what you said, nunajika bibadenika. We're going to save and we are going to preserve your body. We're going to preserve." Your body, Allah is telling in the Quran, thousands of years ago, we're going to preserve Pharaoh's, the Pharaoh's body, so that this body can become a sign for those who will come after you. Amazing, isn't it? Indeed, many or majority kathir. Remember, I said wherever kathir comes in the Quran, almost always it comes in a negative connotation. Majority is used in a negative connotation. Minority is used in a positive connotation. Again, kathir. Majority of people, anayatin al-ghafirun, indeed are absolutely heedless from our signs. That's where majority is going. Majority doesn't listen. Majority doesn't take, take a lesson. So Yunus alayhi salam's situation is mentioned here, that his nation was a unique situation where Allah azza wa allowed them to gain forgiveness even after this. Allah knows best, but possible one of the reasons is because Yunus salam left before the time he was allowed allowed to come. He said he did khata, he made a mistake. He said they're gonna. Die. I know I was informed the punishment is gonna come. So I mean, why should I wait around? Let me just leave. And now Allah swt. What did he do? He gave them hidayah. Oof. Now he's waiting. Day one, day two, three. the time is supposed to come for the adab. I told them, been telling them. I cannot believe this. He didn't come. So now how can I even go see, show my face there? It's going to be tough. Because, you know, he doesn't know what's going on, right? But what are they going to say? Where's that adab? You said it's coming exactly at this time. Where is it now? So what does he do? So he leaves. He said, now I can't even go back to town. 
<laughs> right? So you learn here, subhanAllah, from a story of a lesson for du'at, that no matter uh, how uh, seemingly a person is distant from Allah, you never know who's going to accept Islam. Just never know. If Abu Sufyan could accept Islam, if Akram ibn Abi Jahl could accept Islam, right? If Wahshi could accept Islam, Allahu Akbar. Who's left? Who's left? If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to give hidayah, He can give it to anyone. Anyone. And you hear this online news and stuff like that. You see about people, some of these guys who are behind making Islamophobic videos, movies, cartoons against Rasulullah, huh? depicting Rasulullah. Caused such an uproar in the world. Those very same people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided them to Islam. Okay. Allah. If because of them, so much corruption happened. And now Allah decided to give them hidayah. Who would have ever thought such people, even in the modern times, would, would get Islam, would get the tawfiq. And then people coming from Muslim homes, coming from the family of scholars, coming from the family of the people, khuddam of the deen, who did the work of deen, unfortunately leaving Islam. It's, it's pretty amazing how Allah shows how He doesn't need anyone. He doesn't need anyone. No, no one can claim that they are doing a favor to Islam. That my father was like this, my grandfather was like this, we did so much work. In one instance, Allah can snatch away iman. We're seeing it every day here. Every day. And on the other hand, people who are hardcore anti-Islam people, Islamic people, Islamophobic people, if they cause so much harm, Allah chooses to give them hidayah and everyone's sitting on the sidelines saying, whoa, 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 what happened over here? And then they want to ask fatwa. Is this Islam? Is this person's Islam valid? Not valid. How is it possible? It makes no sense. He's like this, he's like that. You can't say anything. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives hidayah to whoever he wants. You have no option. You just should simply just say, Allah, please don't deprive me. That's all. I want to make sure my, myself and my generations remain firm. So one, that's one thing you learn from this story, is that Yunus salam's story, that as a da'i, as someone is inviting, we should never give up on anyone. Anytime Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can open up the doors of hidayah for anyone. Also, we learned the fact that a person should not be hasty in, in, in anything. A person needs to uh, wait and ta'ani that's why it says al-ajalatu min shaytan wa ta'ani min Allah al-ajalatu min shaytan doing things with slow de- deliberation and thinking it out properly this is a gift that Allah gives ta'ani doing things slowly deliberate, with deliberate thinking and deliberation and, 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 and thinking, or thinking it over this is a gift from Allah وَالْعَجَلَةُ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ And doing things hastily, this is from shaitan. As you know, the etiquette with Allah is good things get attributed to Allah and evil things get attributed to shaitan. Everything comes from Allah, but attribution of this goes towards shaitan. So when we are supposed to make a decision, uh, we should think things out. It shouldn't happen that our decision is done so hastily, especially in the matters of dunya, that we end up having to uh, pay the price. When it comes to, brother, you want to pray salah, then of course, then we, there's no, like, okay, let me think about it. Right? When there's an opportunity to do the khidmah of deen, opportunity to give in Allah's path, whatever the case may be, then be quick. Because if that niyyah comes to you, you don't know how long that intention will last. Shaitan may come and may whisper in our ear, and we give up. So for example, marriage, that's something a person should think. It shouldn't say, no, but I'm already, ex- this is how old I am. That's it. So anyone who comes my way, even if it makes sense or not, I'm going to get married to them. No. Ask the people whose marriages are falling apart. They'll tell you, please, better to stay unmarried than suffer like how I am. So a person needs to do mashwara, do istikhara, think things out properly, think about it, will there be a match, no match, what are the ideals of the deen, are they matching, etc. Before we just jump to things of that sort, big things like this. So, uh, 
that's another lesson we learn from here. Whenever we don't make any hasty decisions, you don't know you, uh, what, what's going to happen. Allah Azza wa Jalla will change ahwal. Don't make don't, your statements and are not qul faisal. What you say is not like oh, 100% taqdeer must follow what you say. Anything may happen, and like you see in this case over here. Okay, then when he left, what happened? He went and took a. He realized that these people are not going to get punished. He moved. He, he went onto a boat, as the famous, as famously, all of us are aware of, as mentioned in the books of hadith that uh, then the waves started coming and it got very choppy waves and storm hit the sea and the boat was about to get capsized and he said uh, you know in some places it mentions he said I will I will I will jump off this boat I think I think I made a mistake maybe this is happening because of that and he said no 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 of course not you are you're a pious person why would you we're not gonna allow you to do that someone needs to leave so they said okay fine let's just draw lots so then they drew lots and the first time Yunus Salam's name came okay then they drew a second name again his time came his name came. <laughs> the third time, look again. His name came. and said, "Okay, I know. What can we say? We've tried to save you, but it seems like you gotta go." So then they removed him from the boat, and that was all planned from Allah Azza wa Jal. You see, you don't know. You just don't know when someone gets fired. What's Allah's plan? When someone gets divorced, what's Allah's planning? When someone gets shifted out, what's Allah planning? When someone gets deported, what's Allah planning? Whatever the case may be, it seems like oh, how could there be anything good come out of this place? You're in the midst of an ocean and it's stormy weather, choppy waves, and you're being thrown off a boat. What aspect of this does this seem positive here? Right? Where's the silver lining in this type of scenario? But it was pure silver, not just lining, all of it pure silver. There's a big whale away with his wide mouth open right there, waiting, just receiving, waiting to receive him. Right? And didn't go into the bottom of the ocean uh, and, 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 and drown. But Allah Azza wa Jalla had this, this whole intilam, this whole preparation made that this, this whale is waiting for you to uh, uh, go in. And so as soon as he jumped off, he swallows him. Allah Azza wa Jalla says, the hut, a big whale, swallowed him. Then Allah says, if Yunus salam was not from amongst those who would do abundant tasbih, he would have stayed inside the stomach of this animal, of this whale, till the day of judgment when everyone will be raised. Allah says, if it's this tasbih which saved him, otherwise he would stay in that situation. Till the people are going to be raised up on the Day of Judgment. Oh. And then Allah Azawajal says, then we pulled him out, we threw him out. We made that whale, spit him out. And he was sick. And then we, then we prepared for his uh, rejuvenation of his health. Uh, we had a tree that was giving him much needed uh, nutrition. Right there on the beach or wherever he landed. And then, Allah says, We sent him to a nation that was a hundred thousand or more. They all ended up accepting Islam, became believers. And we gave them a chance to live and enjoy for some time. Okay, so that, that's a mention in Surah Safat. So, what, what do we learn from here? Is that if it wasn't for his tasbih, Allah says, I wouldn't let him go out. And this is a masoom prophet. Right, so we're learning, the lesson is for you and I. We're not masoom. We're not even mahfuz. Meaning mahfuz meaning someone who's protected from committing sin. Although he could do it. But usually he doesn't. Masoom is no. He's not going to commit any sin. 
So we're neither ma'soom nor are we mahfud. We commit left and right every day, all sorts of mistakes. So now when this is our situation, imagine how important it is for a person to do tasbih. What is this story telling us? That there is probably no situation that is more precarious, more challenging, more difficult, more, more worrisome than, a, than the situation of Yunus salam being thrown off the boat in, on a dark night in the depths of the dark ocean inside the dark linings of the stomach of this whale. And that's what Allah says, this is fi dhulumat in thalath. Right, the three multiple layers of darkness, vulumat, plural, layers of darkness. Fanada, he called out to Allah. And ilaha ilaha ilant. First, the <clears throat> aspect of tawheed. Aspect of tawheed. La ilaha illa ant. Right, that aspect is very important. And that if a person needs to, in order to gain the closeness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and gain his attention, a person needs to ensure that they are strong in their tawheed. That, Ya Allah, I'm not turning to anyone besides you. You are the ultimate source of all good, and you are the only one who can remove my difficulty. Allah says in the 20th juice, is there anyone besides Allah? Who is the one who responds to the supplication? What's mutar? Muttar is the one who is in such a difficult situation that he's given up on everyone else and everyone else has given up on him. Right? He's absolutely in a uh, very tight spot, in a very uh, uh, difficult situation. He needs, uh, he needs the assistance of someone and no one is willing to give it to him. That's Muttar. Majboor. He's just forced by his circumstances to like, give up. But this guy doesn't give up. He's like, okay, I knocked this door, this door, this door, this door. Now let me just knock on the door of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who is the one who will respond to the call of the one who is in need? When he chooses to call him. Allah says, my name is Mujibu Dua'ul Muttarreen. I am the one who responds to the calls of those who are in difficult circumstances. But you have to press the button. Ida da, you have to press the button. If you don't press the button, don't expect answers. Right? That's what ida da means. When you supplicate to him, you probably heard the story that's mentioned in the, in, in the books of, of this verse of a person who was um, traveling through a through, via a, a you know a very desolate route and a. Uh, a, mule, a person, a, 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 a taxi, mule taxi, uh, said that you know I will take you. I will hire. I will, you can hire me out, my mule, and as a driver, I'll carry you to. I'll drive you to wherever you need to go. So he he knew once one he knew the famous route to get to the destination. But that driver said no. I'll take you another route. I said okay, fine. As he was going in the other route. He actually was planned to actually, he was a highway robber. He was planning to attack him. And that's exactly what happened. When they got to a, a, a desolate place on this route, he told him to get off the mule or, or the camel and said that, okay, I'm going to take all your goods and I'm going to kill you. And he's looking all around and he sees a bunch of other dead bodies. He had, this guy had just made this his job. That's what he would do. So he begged him. He said, don't kill me. He said, no, I'm going to kill you. He said, okay, if you're going to really, if you've decided to kill me, then let me at least... Pray to Rakat Salah. And pray to Rakat Salah. 
So in his two rakat salah, after reciting surah, he was so scared, he didn't know what to say. He was, what, what should I read? Imagine you have a person waiting right behind you to kill you. SubhanAllah. Right? Can't imagine how that type of situation may be. So in that situation, he said, what, what dua should I read? And this, this ayah just came to his mind. That's why you should memorize this. This is uh, the 20th juz. Um, first page of the 20th juz. Let's see what ayah number this is. Uh, ayah number 62 Ayah number 62 of Surah Al-Namal Right? Alhamdulillah we covered Surah Al-Namal uh, In last year So we've co- we covered this story there as well Ayah number 62 of Surah Al-Namal Which is Surah number 27 He began to recite this dua, this ayah And the guy behind him says Hurry up, hurry up You know Your salah that can help you All these other people here They all asked for the same thing how that it never helped him won't help you. And that you'll, you'll see stuff like this. People will tell you. People, when you try to come close to the deen, will seriously, your own friends, your own relatives will say stuff like this. Try whatever dua you want. How is that can help? Sadaqa, dua, all these things. This is your false, useless belief in the charms of all this stuff. This is like the lucky charms people have. You think dua is that some, something is going to help you. Amal is going to help you. Going to the masjid is going to help you. Asal to asbab. Main thing that you use the means. And you lost out on that. Why are you wasting your time on ibadah? Why are you wasting time on sadaqah, salah, etc.? So there's this huge push all around us. Within our own circles. Within our own relatives. A push against amal. A push against using good deeds to get to where you need to get to. Everyone is, says 100% Focus on means and divorce ourselves from amal. Deen doesn't teach us to divorce ourselves from either of the two. We use the means while we also have our attention on Allah only. Saying that means can't get me anywhere, only Allah does. There's so many amazing stories if you think about it. But the weak Muslim, unfortunately today, will not say that to you. He'll say this is, what's, how is this going to help? How is this going to help? So at that time you have to remain firm and you say it will help. And if it didn't help, That doesn't mean that Allah doesn't, is not there listening to me. It means Allah has something greater in mind for me. That's what you got to answer. Who said it doesn't help? Who said it didn't help these people? Allah had written shahada for all of them. And for their soul, before you, you decapitated them or killed them, as you were doing that, their soul is already reaching Jannah. That's how we should respond. When someone says, oh, someone did that, it didn't help them. Someone did the masjid, it went to help them. Someone went out, did atikaf, it didn't help them. So you're, who said you didn't help them? Who said that? As soon as a person does a'mal, he's already successful. Success doesn't mean you get what you're asking for. Success doesn't mean you get what you want. Success means are you leading a life in the way Allah wants you to lead. That's all. If my Nabi was here, wouldn't he do this? Of course he would. So then, how is that going to happen? Allah Akbar, I remember one day, I was with um, one, of, one of the, uh, we were in, out in the path of Allah Azza wa we went to a masjid, and it was a rough part of town. We arrived back at that masjid around 12.30 And it was really, as I said, a rough part of town I don't want to be um, You know, sticking around there People are walking towards me and stuff like that And it's like, okay, I need to get out We're knocking on the masjid to get inside The gate, no one's, no one's opening The door, gate's locked No one's knocking, and they're knocking on the door And no one's opening the masjid And uh, I'm like, okay, uh, I think we need to leave I genuinely was, you know, getting scared It's like, let's go from here And one of the Elder, my da'i brothers, mashallah, who's yaqeen on Allah, is next level. He said, where are you going? 
I said, it's, it's not opening. Let's get out of here. Let's go to like 30 miles away to the Marcas or whatever. He says, no, 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 no. He literally, you know, subhanAllah, he opened the door, he put his musallah down, he's going to pray two rakah. I was like, are you crazy? We're going to get shot over here. Like, what are you doing? So he put, I'm telling you, he put his musallah down. He didn't even say Allahu Akbar. All of a sudden, someone came out and opened the door, right? From inside the masjid. And I felt so bad myself. I was like, subhanAllah, like seriously, we're so weak. Right? We're so weak. You look at these situations and you just get so scared. When, that, that should have been the real response. To say, we're in the path of Allah. We need to turn to Allah. That's why we came here to learn how to turn to Allah in every situation. And, and not just run away from whatever we need to. Let's do our job. This is where we're supposed to spend the night. So we're going to spend the night here. Right? We're going to do dua. And if Allah, after you try and knock in the door, we knocked on the door of the masjid so that someone wakes up. But we need to knock on the door of Allah. And once you knock on the door of Allah and Allah decides not to give you what you're asking for, then you realize it's not meant for you and then you move on. But without knocking on the door of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how's that going to work? So that is what, what he read this. He didn't say, I'm gonna, he didn't say, oh really this dua didn't work for the rest of the people, I'm not going to read it. So I'm saying this again because we are all surrounded by such people who, who carry this negative ideas, thoughts about Allah. They seriously have badgumani peda karte in logon ke Right? They create uh, 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 ill feelings about Allah. That what's Allah going to do? Allah ne kya kya? Hamar liye the? Hamare nani aise the? Dadi aise the? Unka kuch kam nahi aaya. Ah, my 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 grandparents were like this. They they prayed, but unfortunately they they passed away too from cancer or whatever. How how is that meaning? Allah didn't respond to you. What is that supposed to mean? Every nabi passed away. Every ab nabi suffered. Every nabi went through so much difficulty. We talked about that last week. That all the anbiya went through so much difficulty. So going through difficulty, having a hard time, not getting what you want, does not mean your dua is not being. Accepted. It's just that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a different way of giving you. So as he's in salah, all of a sudden he sends, he sees from his periphery vision that there's someone coming, a knight coming. And he comes and with his dagger or, or spear, he stabs this guy and, and decapitates his head, this, this uh, highway robber's head. And he's leaving. And as he's leaving, he finishes up his salah quickly and he tries to go run after this guy to see who he is. Runs after him and he says that uh, I am an angel from the fourth heaven. And I was, you know, as you were reading these du'as, it was the signals going up, that your voice was going up, you know. And uh, it was, it, it, there were so many people who were waiting to respond. But we had to, again, you had to take permission. You gotta give, can't just come just like that. But Allah when he gave the permission, then you know, I was able to come to help. And that I am who? The angel of the being of who? Yujibul Muttar. The one who responds to the call of the one who has found all doors closed and was absolutely in a, in, a, in a situation where he thinks it's all over right now. And then at that situation, you turn to Allah, Allah turns things around. SubhanAllah. So uh, Yunus alayhi salam is going through that situation. He's now... In the in the in uh, doing tasbih, okay. One point here. He thought Some people may make a very wrong translation of this, and they think He thought that we would never catch hold of him. That is absolutely incorrect to translate like that, right? Because qadara ala also means to be capable of doing that. I am capable of doing that. We are not capable of catching him. That's not what this means. Qadara means here to constrain and to make things 
difficult. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah expands a sustenance for whoever He wishes, and He constricts it. That's what this means here. Right? That Allah Azza wa Jal, He thought Allah would not, Allah would let Him go. It's okay. You ran away before permission is guaranteed, nothing will happen. So He kept on going at the boat and this and that, and eventually, eventually, you know, if He was informed that no, Allah, Allah doesn't like this. So the pious people, as they say, they, awliya and pious people, especially prophets, when they make mistakes, their correction comes immediately and swiftly. Immediately and swiftly it comes. Because if a prophet is not corrected, what will happen? It will mislead the rest of the people. Maybe you and I don't get corrected. <laughs> SubhanAllah. Our Qarisa from Medina to Munawar was visiting us last week. Was here. So he was, he, some many students and teachers wanted to recite. Okay? So some students recited to him. He didn't say anything. Jalabai, next. And then the teachers came, some teachers came. And then of course he, you know, was very strict and said this. So some students who had no faham, no understanding, they thought, oh subhanAllah, my, all of our Quran is better than all our teachers. <laughs> yeah. Because he didn't correct us. He said, Masha, Jalabai, Jalabai, go. But when the teacher came, oh my God, sliced him up in half. Man, I don't even know, you know, maybe we should switch roles. So, by, you know, where he's not going to even, he doesn't even touch you. It's just like, okay, I don't have time for this. That's why he's not even correcting you. He go, please, mashallah, Allah, Allah give you diet, move on. But the ones where he feels like, okay, there's something I can do to maybe correct it. You're, worthy, you're, you're close enough for a correction. And the fact that you're a teacher, and your Quran's correction is more important than anyone else's. That's why you give more attention. And you, you're swift in your correction. So prophets, when they make mistakes, the correction, as I said, comes immediately. And they're not allowed to, they're not allowed to continue on the path of making mistakes. Well, human beings, uh, the rest of us, yani, so many times we're living in absolute sin. And no, no, no lightning bolt is striking us. No massive uh, lion is waiting to eat us up. Uh, no, no massive whale is waiting to swallow us. What is that? Because we're not making mistakes? No, because subhanAllah, we don't have the status of the prophets. Allah Azawal allows a person to say, you know what, you should realize yourself that you're making mistakes. When you turn back to me in humbleness, then I'll, uh, then I'll give you what you want. So, Tawheed, La ilaha illa ant. That's the first thing he said. None worthy worship besides Allah. Ya Allah, Tawheed. Then number two, Tasbih, Subhanak. Uh, you're glorifying Allah. You're saying Allah is above and beyond any and all blemishes, any and all faults. Everything in this dunya is uh, flawed. The only thing that's not flawed is the one who created all of this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything else, what's the biggest flaw? Fana, the fact that you end is a flaw. The fact that there's an ending, that's a flaw. The best, most beautiful car. What will happen? It will, it will, it will eventually perish. The most beautiful home, it will eventually perish. The only being that, that will remain forever is Allah. So that's, he, Allah is above and beyond any and all blemishes. And the third thing, after Tawheed, after Tasbih, إِنِّي كُنْتُ مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ Making iqrar and saying and acknowledging our mistake. Allah wants to hear this. Allah wants to hear us say, I'm sorry, I messed up, I'm horrible. This this is something that should flow off of our tongue. أَنْتُمُ الْفُقَرَاءُ إِلَى اللَّهِ 
Allah says, you are in need of Allah. You are faqir. I'm not faqir. You are faqir. Wallahu huwa al-ghaniul hamid. And Allah is the one who is worthy of all praise. Al-hamid. Al-ghani who doesn't need anyone. Remember we spoke about this a couple weeks ago as well. The big issue of atheism, agnosticism, all of this stuff is stemming from what? No, what, what, what condition of the heart creates a, create this within him? Ji? I don't need a lot. Arrogance, right? Arrogance. Remember that? Arrogance. Is this, no, I don't need to humble myself in front of anyone. I don't. So there are these arrogant people, they'll say, whoa, why is Allah praising Himself in the Quran? Why does Allah, why does He need us to praise Him? Why does He need us to do that? He doesn't need anything. You, the fact, you need to simply uh, thank Allah that you even exist. And that He's allowing you to not choke and not, you know, make you what you call lose your balance right now and fall down. You thank Allah for that. Instead of saying, why did Allah Azza wa Jal mention this in the Quran, this and that. It's pretty scary. This is happening so much more often now where people start cr- criticizing, critiquing uh, all, uh, you know, the Quran and it's just the, the, the nur of the heart switched off. People who are born Muslims, I'm saying. It just gets switched off. And once it gets switched off, all the bayans in the world can't convince them. All you got to do is for them is make dua that Allah puts the nur back into their heart. And if you can, if you know anyone such person like this who is, who is now argument, argument, ar- ar- arguing about Quran, about Deen, about Allah's existence, about Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi about Islam's moral code, etc. Such people, we should make dua for them. And if we should ask them, hey, okay, you know what? While you continue to read every single book written by an atheist, an ex-Muslim, and you are reading and all these forums where all these ex-Muslims are trying to, trying to, Make a fool out of themselves by trying to find faults in the Quran. Huh? Like one person who doesn't even know Arabic. He doesn't know the translation of Surah Fatiha. What did he tell me this week? He's like, Yeah, people, I think they overrate the Quran. They talk about it as being miraculous and the Arabic is amazing. I don't think so. But like, what do you even know? Like, seriously, he doesn't know the translation of Surah Fatiha. He doesn't know a word of Arabic. MashaAllah, he comes here saying that. Born Muslim. Memorized, you know, Quran. Unfortunately, a lot of the Quran. But this is what he says. He said, I don't, I, you know, I don't see the beauty of the Quran. I don't think it's that great. So if, you, if, if, it's, if it's like, they say like, الشَّمْسَ نِبَاحُ الْكِلَابِ You know, does, does, the do, does the barking of the dogs affect the sun? Man, all the dogs start barking at the sun. Hey, go away! You bark all you want, man. You know, lose your voice. <laughs> the sun's not going anywhere. Barking doesn't affect it. Quran, you're going to mess with the Quran? You're going to mess with Allah's kalam? This is something wrong with you. Acknowledge that. Just like there are people who are, uh, who are suffering, you know, different types of uh, mental illnesses, and and and, and 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 they start thinking of themselves that they're so and so. They start seeing things and all kinds of stuff. This is a spiritual illness that something is right in front of your eyes and you can't see it. May Allah protect us all from falling into this illness because it can happen to anyone anytime, right? It's just it's there and then it's gone. Subhanallah. So humility is the key thing. You'll notice the common thing is that all these people, they have arrogance. And if you say, no, I know someone who's leaving Islam, who left Islam, who's doubting about Islam, he's not arrogant. Okay, then this is his message, my message to them. Is that at least every single day, find some time to supplicate, to say, oh God, if you exist, and if you are true, then guide me to you. And be sincere in that. I'm not stopping you from reading all the other trash you're reading. I'm not going to call it trash because he thinks it's, all the other stuff is good. The anti-Islamic stuff. If you want to read that, but this is not fair. 
that you don't even give a chance to Islam. You want to read all that stuff and you are, you are saying, I'm not sure, agnostic, I'm not sure if God exists or not. Okay, let's talk about deen. Now, anything I pr- present as a proof, you say, no, I don't even consider it. That it, there's a possibility of it being right. So that's a very biased approach. How can a person ever get guided like that? Instead, the method one should apply with, with such people is that whatever you're doing, your own journey that you're, take, you're on right now, trying to find whatever you're trying to find. I'm just telling you to make this part of your daily regiment, which is supplicate and say, he says, oh, I don't, sh- I don't think there's God or I don't believe in Him. That's, that's why I said, oh, well, oh God, if you exist, take it. this will help you say it, to say it. You know? If you exist, then guide me to you. And inshallah, if Allah wills, this person will be guided. And I actually know someone, alhamdulillah, who's gotten guided just like this. Right? Who was Muslim, then left Islam, and then this is something, he said, no, I don't know if he believes in, I don't know if he exists. I said, don't worry about it. Just, just say this. If you exist, guide me. And then Allah Azza wa accepted his dua, his sincerity, because he was humble. And then Allah put the nur back just like that. Just like it disappeared, it came back. You know, just like it disappeared. It literally, this stuff sometimes disappears over, overnight. It just goes, you wake up, and you're like, I'm, I don't, and nothing makes sense to me anymore. And that's how bad it is. That's how crazy it is. And, um, you know, it's not, the hadiths are here. The, hadith, the, the, the hadith talks about a person waking up and a believer, going back to bed as a disbeliever. And where is it happening? It's happening in the wildest places. Recently, there was a person apparently who walked over here, walked, came to this place, and met one of our students. And uh, born Muslim and raised Muslim, whatnot. And so he told one of our students, he said, I said I'm no longer Muslim, I'm atheist, I'm trying to, he's trying to come here and debate people. And Ajib, he says, you know when he left Islam? He said, when he went for Umrah. When he went for Umrah. Okay. So anytime, anywhere, a person can get infected. That's what I'm trying to say. You can get infected at university, you can get infected at Umrah. You can get infected in the masjid. Ajib, one father, he tells me his son who left Islam now. I said, but what's the problem? He says, while he was in Atikaf, he was a sunnah Atikaf, he wouldn't take a shower. And he said, oh brother, you know, you, there's no shower available, or you, you should take a shower only on Jum'ah or whatever. He said, that ticked him off so bad, khalas, done with Islam. Until now, it's been now five, six years now. It's weird, like this is just a random excuse. Is this really something to push you off the boat? No, it's not. But then shaitan is khabis, mal'oon, may Allah protect us from his filth and his wasawis. He takes something like this and just creates a stubbornness within a person. Stubbornness. Stubbornness is another big problem. Arrogance is stubbornness. Horrible. Horrible trait. Don't be stubborn. Don't be arrogant. Don't be stubborn. So he's like, this just became stubborn. No, but why? Why wasn't I allowed to take a shower? But why? So these type of things end up becoming blown out of proportion. And actually the harm that it causes is sometimes irreparable. Right? That's what, what we're speaking about here. May Allah protect us. These things are, I'm telling you are happening every day, every week. I got new stories. So what did, what did we say? It requires humility and humbleness from a, a human being. Now you have the dua of uh, Rasulullah What is he saying? Allah Oh Allah, you know my external, you know my external life? Sorry, sirri, you know my internal life? You know my external life. <laughs> He's telling Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know my appearance externally and internally. You know the condition of my heart and you know who I am outside. Nothing from my affairs is hidden from you. Nothing from my affairs is hidden from you. 
Right? I am the one who is scared. I am the one who is afraid. I am the one who is sinful. I am the one who is acknowledging my sins. I am the one who is trembling in front of you. miskin. I beg you and I ask you the way a beggar asks. And I beseech you and for your help the way a disgraced sinner and criminal begs for help. And I call out to you the way a trembling, scared, blind man lost calls out for help. The calling out of a man whose, whose neck is bowed in front of you. Whose body is shaking and trembling out of humility in front of you. Whose tears are rolling down in front of you. Whose nose is stuck in the ground, humiliating, humbling himself in front of you. Oh Allah, do not make me deprived and do not make me wretched in this dua. Oh, Allah, oh, the one with the best of those who give and the best of those who accept the prayers. The best, the, the, best, the best of those who've been asked and the best of those who give. This is the gist of the dua. This is the dua he's making at the time of the conquest of Makkah. The happiest, most joyous occasion of his life probably, right? Entering as a victor into Makkah. But look at the level of humility. Could you ever in a hundred years guess that this dua was made at that time? When everything is going the way you would ever want, and the world is at your feet, and people now realize you are wrong, and they're begging for their lives to be spared. And now he makes this dua. Look at the humility. What sin is he speaking about? What, what, what sinful, uh, uh, disgraced mujrim uh, 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 is he? billah. Right? But look at the humility that's just pouring out from Rasulullah's tongue and from his heart. When you read that, you realize the biggest sin for us probably is the fact that we're not even humble. Like we make so many mistakes and we really have the audacity to walk around like we own the place. And imagine how upsetting that is. When you know someone, your son, daughter, or someone else makes a mistake and they just, just walk right by you. You know? It just, that is even worse than the actual problem that they did. The audacity makes you more upset than the mistake that they did. Imagine, subhanAllah, if you look at ourselves, what, with what audacity we, we all lead our lives every day. Where is the humility and humbleness in front of Allah? Where is the genuine feeling of appreciation that, that Allah, I can't believe it, I haven't been killed yet. That I haven't been destroyed, I haven't been burnt to death by some natural disaster because of the way I have sinned. This is, this, these words are for myself first and foremost. And then for all of us to reflect and to think that we, are, we have really disobeyed Allah. Because sometimes a person thinks, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good man. I don't know, I don't need to really humble myself and do I'll just ask Allah for things. What do I need to sit there and really humble myself and say, Allah, I'm this sinner and that sinner. I'm not that bad. I haven't really killed anyone. But SubhanAllah, what Nabi Wasallam did? But look at, when, if you know who you're dealing with, if you know who Allah is, you'll realize that a million years worth of sajda is nothing. That's why it comes in hadith on the day of judgment. 
a day of judgment when, when a man will see Allah's greatness and will see his Jannah, will see his Jahannam, will see his throne. If a man were to have worshipped Allah in the state of sujood for his entire life, from the time he was born till the time of his death, he remained in one posture. Is that possible? That's not even remotely possible. From the time you are born till the time of your death, 70 years, you don't do anything except for sajda, and you grow like that, 70 years, with your head down in sujood. The Prophet ﷺ said, لَحَقَّرَهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ that on the day of judgment, a person will regard even that action as insignificant. As what? In haqir, insignificant. This is not going to help me today. I'm dead. It's not going to help me. So what? What? Now let's take our our own lives. How does that line up with seventy years of sajda? Not even a millionth of that. So how can a person feel content that he has done something? Right. We simply should be thankful that he's allowing us to even sit here. Allowing us to even hear or share these words. And then say, Allah, I know this, there's nothing new. But I kept on sinning, I've been sinning. But, and you have been continuously being forbearing and patient with me. And for that I can't thank you enough. But now I beg you that I am going to acknowledge and acknowledge and write it out. I am a sinner. I am a disgraced sinner. I am a runaway slave who has decided to come back. I have done this, 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 this. And the biggest thing is I haven't even recognized how... how weak I am, how sinful I am. I haven't recognized how many rights of yours I have usurped. I haven't recognized the level of audacity and arrogance with which I have led my life. When a person is reminded about Akhirah, when a person is reminded about Allah, and he thinks, and he brings as a proof something about, oh I have this appointment, I have this dunya we think. What are we talking about? Like seriously? You have Allah's command waiting for it to be fulfilled. And then a person keeps on bringing in my relatives, my family, my, my dunya, my dunya, my things. This is the audacity that a person has, the, he eats Allah's risk, walks on Allah's earth, enjoys Allah's sun, enjoys the, the rivers and the, and the oceans of, that have been created by Allah. Every single thing top to bottom, we are dripping, drowning in Allah's blessings. And then he says, Hayya ala salah, Hayya ala al falah. And a person says, I don't have time for that. There you go. So, how many times, Hayya ala salah and Hayya al falah? Not just salah, Hayya ala ta'a. Come to the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Have we not been called towards and unfortunately we've been lazy? So this is what Allah wants to hear from us. Tawheed, tasbih, and ihtiraf. The oneness of Allah, uh, glorifying Allah, and then lastly, acknowledging our own mistakes. When a person does that, what will happen? We answered him, eventually. And we delivered him from the great anguish. What could be greater anguish than this? Three layers of... of uh, uh, of, of darkness. And then I told you this ayah gives us hope. وَكَذَلِكَ nunjil الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And even so, do we ever deliver the believers? This ayah is telling us, that's why Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has mentioned this in hadith. He said whoever, you know, uh, is going through a difficulty, then he need to uh, hold on to this dua. Nabi said, this is one of the famous du'as narrated from Rasulullah Sallallahu Oh the most living, oh, oh the all living, the, the, uh, the one who, who uh, the one who runs the universe I beg you in the name of your mercy Right? So uh, if you remember last week I talked about how the two du'as of the Ayyub uh, and the du'a of Yunus Alayhi we're not even saying much. We're just saying we're sinful. 
You see? Give me this, give me this, give me this, give me this. No. What we're basically saying is that whatever difficulty I'm going through, it's because of my sins. And so I'm not gonna, I don't have the guts to ask you for anything right now. I'm just asking you to forgive me for the mistakes I have made. And if I can get that, if I can get that record cleared, then everything else will happen. It's like, you know, it's like grease or something that's, that's trapped in and doesn't allow the water to flow when you have a, 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 what you call, a pipe blocked. What do you need to do? You don't keep on just pouring things in there. You need to remove that gunk. Our sins are that gunk which doesn't allow the blessings of Allah to come upon us. When you remove that gunk, you don't need to do anything after that. It'll be free-flowing. But we need to focus on removal of that gunk. And that's what this dua and the previous dua was teaching us. Right? And the other dua is that, Ya Allah, just you're the most merciful, I'm, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. So here, blaming ourselves for our problems. Yes. Don't blame other people for our issues. Blame ourselves. All the time. Remember we said that one of the tabi'een, he would, come, he would go to his house, when he would leave, when he come home and he would see, find his children or his spouse disobedient to him, immediately he would think about his actions. Which sunnah or mustahab act did I leave out today because of which Allah is punishing me? And then he'd go outside and grab his camel. And if the camel was not listening and was becoming stubborn, Again, he would say, which order of Allah did I mistakenly leave out, which Allah is now giving me a taste of your own medicine? How does that feel like? Your camel, you feed it, now it doesn't want to listen to you? So it feels good? Well, guess what? What goes around comes around. Huh? It's, a, it's a message. So that's how the, the pious are. That when they have problems in their lives, they don't blame other people. They start always taking the blame themselves. They say, my relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is probably messed up. That's why this is happening. This is a very important point, what I'm saying here. Imagine if all of us were to start thinking, my relationship with my spouse is messed up probably because my relationship with Allah is weak. Yeah, we have problems. We're fighting, we're talking. This is a, okay, so how many... You, know, you spend hours screaming at each other, hours with lawyers, hours with in-laws, hours flan, flan, flan. Out of all those hours, how many minutes are we on the musallah? If you say zero minutes, I barely don't even pray fard namaz then how can you not realize that what you're going through is a punishment for these mistakes? If someone says, how do I know it's a punishment? Well, if it's not taking you to the masallah and crying, you know it is a problem. So when we go through these issues at home, domestic issues, etc., the first thing a person, instead of doing a blame game on each other, we should say, no, this is probably because of my own mistakes. And if I come right, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make the things at home right. So, وَكَذَارِكَ نُنْجِلْ mu'minin." is a message to every one of you and every one of us that you may find yourself in the mouth of a whale right now. Probably not. But it may seem like that to you. But this is something we need to do. Another thing, istighfar. This dua. Hold on to this dua. Number two is istighfar. Rasulullah said, Whoever holds on to istighfar, faraja. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make a opening, faraj, opening out of every ham. Ham, ham. Ham yani worry. Every worry, Allah will make a way out. And from every constricted place you find yourself in, Allah will get you an exit. And Allah will provide you from places where you cannot imagine. So if you're having financial issues, or you are suffering from some sort of depression, sadness, right? Or just very worried about a specific situation you're, you're faced with, 
tons and tons of istighfar. And the third thing is salawat upon the Prophet As he said, Whoever does salawat consistently, then Allah will do, give him two blessings. Your worries will be taken care of, and your sins will be forgiven. So this is something we should make a habit of. La ilaha illa subhanak. 100 times, 500 It's depending on how big of a bad of a situation. Like, how much should I do? Well, do it until you feel like your issue has been resolved. You know, right before, like today, I always bear bad news. I want to bear some good news also. Subhanallah. Is that uh, in a situation I was very perplexed and sad about, uh, of, of, of a family falling apart. And subhanAllah, as always, what we've learned from our teachers, what we learned from our tafsir durus is that tell people that instead of fighting with one another, instead of blaming one another and going against uh, smear campaigns, again, just turn to Allah and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah, remove whatever problems that we're going through. And you, with the click of a button, no, with amr kun, you just make irada and everything will go out. And, but the thing is, people don't believe the power of dua. They just don't get it. They don't understand how powerful a'mal are. No matter what, he's never gonna change. Or she's never gonna change. Stop saying that. This is your husband or wife if you're having problems with, or your child having problems with, or your parents having problems with, or your business partner. Can you tell me it's a worse situation than what Yunus found himself in? No. But when you have hope and you make tons and tons of dua, it may take a year, it may take two years, it may take half a year, whatever it is. But eventually you will see, if Allah wills, things will just miraculously change and you'll be sitting there scratching your head, how did this happen? Just like Yunus Salam got himself out. How did this happen? How did I live inside there for so long? There you go. Allah will get you out. And it was very happy to hear, it's a good news of, you know, of an improvement of something which people... Both sides said, no, this will never improve. It's gone. Because he's evil. She's evil. But no one's evil. Inshallah, everyone's good. Inshallah, everyone's got good intentions. But we all have a nafs and a shaitan. So that nafs and shaitan needs to be curbed. And we need Allah's help. We can't fight. Fist fight shaitan, right? Even Khabib can't take him on. Right? No one can take him on. That's why Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, لَيْسَ الشَّدِيدُ بِسُرْعَةِ إِنَّمَا الشَّدِيدُ الَّذِي يَمْلِكُ نَفْسَهُ Strong person, not the one who just tackles someone to the ground. Strong person is the one who can control himself at the time of anger. What is he controlling? What is he controlling? Shaitan, right? And his nafs. Yeah, exactly. But shaitan. Shaitan comes and puts fire in you. The one who can control himself against the attack of shaitan, that means he's got the help of Allah. That's why your, your hat's off to you. Because you got Allah's help. Otherwise, you will never be able to control your, your, your anger. When you say "A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim" to control anger, what are you doing? You're asking Allah's protection from this attack of shaytan who is making you angry, because you cannot fight shaytan yourself. Never. No one can. You can only, as I said the other day, you know, metaphorically speaking, you have. To, you can only hide behind Allah, right? That's it. That's what you ask. "A'udhu billah." Ya Allah, please give me shelter from this one, from this evil makhluk of yours. So this, if we blame our issues upon shaytan. And then beg Allah and do a'mal to remove this shaitan that creates fights between us. The world will be completely different. Your world will be completely different. Try this. For all the hours of frustrated, uh, frustration that built up in our hearts against someone, against our spouse, against our business partner, against our uh, you know, loved one, ex-loved one. All right? 
just utilize this, this thing that they were good yesterday man for 10 years we were good what happened to them all of a sudden how how do you change overnight like this someone who was so close to you how were they seriously such a conniving munafiq for 10 years no man I don't think so are there some cases like that yeah there are some cases which Allah calls them shayateenul insi wal jinn Allah says there's some shaitans within human beings so unless this person was a shaitan from the human being which Allah only knows we don't know most people are not if they live you know they're not so evil the ones you and I interact with in our marriages you, the ones you interact with in our families inshallah most of them are not that evil but it's the shaitan that comes and makes them into this monster so instead of fighting them you take Allah's help to fight that shaitan and once the shaitan will be get out of that relationship you will see everything will go back to not even just back to normal better than what it was as the Quran says repel evil with goodness and then Allah says all of a sudden, the one whom you had enmity with, massive amounts of enmity, he will become like an absolute friend. Wali is not just a friend. Allah adds a word. Wali is friend, good enough. But Allah added the word Hamim. If you remember Hamim, do you remember this? Hamim? Hamim, Hamam. What is Hamam? Bathtub, bath, bathhouse, Hamam. Why you say hammam? Hammam has hot water. Most of the time, you know, they have, they have hot water in all the places. They have only hot water in the hot tub, in the bath. So hammam is a place where you get hot water. Hamim is hot water. What is the connection between this friend and hot water? Anyone remember? I mentioned that some time ago, a long time, which is interesting, subhanAllah. Hamim is a hot water. When you take hot water, what happens to your face? Yeah, yeah your face becomes red. You get hot. So similarly, this friend, he doesn't just become a good friend, the one who he hated you. When you repel evil with goodness, and you make sabr, and you make dua, he'll become such a friend, that if anyone says anything against you or about you that is not right, in your, even in your absence, he will get angry and his face will become red. SubhanAllah. His face will become red in anger. Out of, for, to defend your honor How dare you attack my friend like this And that same guy was a big enemy Allah says this in the Quran That's the miracle that Allah does Stop hating people Stop hating people If someone get divorced Okay it's not the end of the world It was never meant to happen But you cannot sit there and carry these grudges whole life Right If a business partnership didn't work Okay it's fine Move on Shaitan came in and caused, like Yusuf said, Nazaka shaitan baini wa baini Shaitan came and instigated a fight between my brothers and I. And leave it at that. Move on. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help. Do whatever du'as you want, but don't harbor grudges against people. This is what we're learning from here. Similar du'a Zakariya salam made. He didn't have any children. Now, a person may not have any money. A person may not have a spouse. A person may not have a child. All these cases, he just said, Ya Allah, please don't leave me alone. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, There we go, we answered him. Again, istajabna is such a powerful word, keeps on coming in, these, in this page, that we, we immediately answered him. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, We granted him Yahya, wa aslahna lahu zawja. And we set his wife aright. There are two tafsirs here. One tafsir is, aslahna means that although she didn't have children, 
and was barren, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made her fertile and to be able to carry a baby. And then another tafsir is that she had, if she did not have good character. وَأَصْلَحْنَا And due to his dua, Allah Jalla Jalaluhu improved and changed her character. And so, Imam Sha'rani, he mentions, he says, أَنَا أَعْرِفُ مَقَامِي عِنْدَ رَبِّي مِنْ أَخْلَاقِ زَوْجَتِي أَنَا أَعْرِفُ مَقَامِي عِنْدَ رَبِّي مِنْ أَخْلَاقِ زَوْجَتِي I recognize my status in the eyes of Allah by the character of my wife. And he says that maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala due to my own mistakes sometimes will make my spouse harsh-tongued and, and difficult to deal with. But when my relationship with my Allah becomes right, then Allah will become pleased with me and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make my spouse also very kind and nice. So let's think about that as well. For wives who complain about their husbands or husbands who complain about their wives. This is where I'm, I was mentioning Imam Sha'ari is talking about this. Work on our relationship with Allah and Allah Azza wa Jal inshallah will improve that. All of these prophets, they were running towards good deeds. Allah says, وَسَارِعُوا إِلَى Run towards good deeds. He mentions in Surah Al-Hadid. Right? In Surah Al-Imran also. سَارِعُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ Run towards the forgiveness of Allah. So what does that mean? Is that when it, comes to, when it comes to good deeds, let's not take our sweet time. If you have an opportunity, jump on that opportunity. Because the time is very little, and we don't know when we're going to be called back. And all of these prophets, although they were prophets, yet look at that. They begged Allah out in fear also and in hope. We have to have this balance. We have to have this balance of both hope in Allah's gifts and treasures and Jannah, but don't become too relaxed and don't put your guard down to say everything is fine. My name is written already in my palace in Jannah. No, you have to always also have the fear that what if this stuff doesn't, what if my deeds don't get accepted? What if I don't have a good ending? So there's got to be the balance between hope and fear. Allah says, Man kana yarju liqa rabbi. Whoever is hopeful to meet Allah. If you say, Allah I have excited to meet Allah. Okay, good. If you do that, then you make sure you start doing good deeds. Don't say, I want to meet Allah, I'm excited to go to Allah, and you don't do any good deeds to back it up. That makes no sense. If you're really excited, Allah, Allah said, Mujhe mil hai. Allah said, Milna Mujhe. Huh? I love Allah, I want to meet Him. Okay, then our actions need to speak louder than our words. It's nice to be poetic, sounds cool. You know, I love Allah, I want to meet Him. Sounds really Sufi. But if the actions don't match up, then this is just some random things that a person is saying. And make sure you don't commit any type of shirk. Then Allah mentions the story of uh, Maryam عنها, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, miraculously uh, granted, uh, uh, granted her Isa alayhi salatu wasalam. And we will inshallah continue with the story from Maryam uh, from next week inshallah. And uh, the story of, of Makkah, uh, the story that was then, if I don't know if you're YouTube, is anyone there typing the dua? Or you have access to that, uh, You know that the dua I just said. Maybe you can just post that on the YouTube link. Uh, you put it afterwards? Okay, inshallah. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll uh, put that afterwards. Okay, so take a couple minutes of um, questions.
as we are waiting for some of the uh, things. Ji, yes. 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 Yeah. Mm. So what I'm talking about is the the story of like for example story of Asa, people of the cave or the story of Yunus Salam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the main points to focus on. Yes, if there is a hadith to explain the background context, of course that's there. But exactly what type of whale was it? What was Yunus salam wearing when he jumped? Right? How many people, what ethnicity were the people on the boat? Right? What was his last meal? Like these are things that have no relevance. It makes the story nice and juicy and interesting, but that will cover up the main focus of the story, which is no matter what situation you're in, no matter how bad it may be, when you think everything is falling apart, make sure you never give up beseeching Allah's help, asking Allah for help, and Allah will get you out of that mess. Yes. Going back to uh, where you made mention of uh, Habib, where uh, uh, Yunus was saying that you know, Allah commanded the people of the wrongdoers, you know, those who were making the dua. You, you know, one of the deviations, actually, I'm going to assume is that because I frequently, somebody who asked me this question, is that we don't, Muslims, we don't really see ourselves as a sinner. We, we think we perfect. Yeah, we, uh, the, the, uh, that was a Christian guy? Yes. He's, he's obviously, refer I mean, basically the answer, I mean, I mean, it's just a comment here, but uh, uh, we definitely do consider ourselves as sinners, but do we, we don't consider ourselves to be born with sin. That's, that's what he's talking about here. As a Christian, that's what he's bringing his theology there. We don't consider ourselves to be born with sin. We're born sinless. We're ma'asum when we're born. But every single day, we are uh, making mistakes. So this is incorrect to say Muslims don't think of themselves to be sinful. That's, that is why we have so much abundance of istighfar. Why are we supposed to do istighfar? Why Nabi Alayhi himself says, I would do more than a hundred or more than one, more than seventy times istighfar every day. If the Prophet is teaching us that he himself is doing istighfar more than seventy times a day, and you can imagine one istighfar of his, the power of that, the quality of that, our seven generations in both directions put together cannot equal to that one istighfar. Imagine him doing istighfar like that every single day. So definitely this is what we've been taught, that we need to make istighfar part of our daily routine and create humility and humbleness. I hope inshallah all of us who are here, I don't think that's an issue. You know, we do recognize ourselves as, as people who have, uh, who have a lot of problems. Okay. A um, lot of questions here, mashallah. Wait, can how does this go down? Put this down. If a person's... Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
If a person sins but he does not see any effect of it for years, can those sins that happened years ago bring a hardship in their life in the future? If a person repented from those past sins, inshallah, well, let's be hopeful that the effect of that will not come. But it may happen. Our goal should be that we keep on repenting regularly and inshallah, Allah will protect us from the evil effects of that. Do, does Allah remove blessings in a person's life because of a sin they committed? How can one regain the blessings back? Yes, it is possible that a person gets deprived of blessings. Rasulullah said, indeed a person may get deprived of rizq because of bidhambin yusibu, because of a sin he's committed. So yes, how do you get blessings back? By continuously repenting from mistakes. Istighfar, make a habit every day as much istighfar as possible. Um... Okay, someone said, Alhamdulillah, that roller coaster analogy has been helping them from last week. So I'm happy to hear that. Um, gee, yeah, the dua is long. I mean, unless you're recording it. You know when you pull it up? Where is it? Yeah, if you want. Um, yeah. Allahumma innaka tara makani wa tasma'u kalami wa la yakhfa alayka shay'un min amri ana al-ba'is al-faqir al-mustaghith al-mustajir al-wajil al-mushfiq al-muqir al-mu'tarif bi-dhanbi as'a bi-dhanbihi as'aluka mas'alat al-miskin wa abtahilu ilayka ibtihal al-mudhnib al-dhalil wa ad'uka du'a al-khaif al-dharir du'a man khada'at laka raqabatuhu wa dhalla laka jasaduhu wa raghima laka anfu wa fadat laka 'aynahu اللهم لا تجعلني بدعائك الشقية وكن بي رؤوفا رحيما يا خير المسؤولين ويا خير المعطين يا رب العالمين This dua is also found in both Al-Hizb Al-A'zam and Munajat Maqbool The two dua books that we have I always promote those great books to all of us to have a habit of reading through dua, Two dua books have a collection of Rasulullah's dua Al-Hizb Al-A'zam and Munajat Maqbool Accepted Whispers You probably have it at your home maybe This book and it's available in the bookstore This dua is found in there as well Um, what is the proper etiquette of performing Umrah? We see many people taking video photos and Facebook Live while visiting Medina, Mecca. No, yeah, that's not good. Facebook Live is, 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 is not the way to perform Umrah or, or any of these things. It is because deki. Everyone is doing it, so we're doing the same thing. It's like if it's, uh, you know, the, the, it's one extra rukun of Umrah is to put the status, at least the status, you know, if not Facebook Live. So this is the fitna of the era. Unfortunately, we're just following each uh, what everyone else is doing. No one, Allah needs to know you came there. Not the world does not need to know. Right? So, I mean, we, I speak about this usually in the Umrah seminars. All those who are going now, be careful. Just make a habit of just resist it. It's so sad. Adhan gets called in the haram. Adhan dua gets accepted. And all of a sudden, you'll see hundreds, no, I wouldn't say hundreds, thousands of lights turn on. Everyone's phone comes out. And they all start videotaping. When you can actually just go onto YouTube and see some high quality uh, you know, uh, recordings. There's continuous live haram is being broadcasted live. You don't need to even uh, waste your memory on your phone by taking that. Who are you going to send it to? You think no one saw the haram before? Like for what? It's ajeeb. But this is where shaitan is playing, deception, you know, playing with us. So those who are going for umrah, just please keep your, you know, make a commitment to yourself that you're not going to be taking videos of this stuff. Okay, inshallah. So, mashallah, a lot of questions, but we do the intro, uh, to the time here. Let us, inshallah, uh, perform the du'a, dhikr, and du'a, and come back next week and ask again. Inshallah, we'll try to get we'll try to get them through.
And if there's some real serious fiqhi questions, we have a Darul Ifta here, and you can send your questions to the Darul Ifta. It's masjidds.org, our, our website, forward slash question. masjidds.org, forward slash question. And if you've got any uh, major issues that you need uh, uh, the muftis to give their opinion on or give a ruling on, you can please utilize that um, site.